Welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. This is episode 90, and it is an unscripted rant for those of you who are 40 and above, and possibly for those of you who are under 40 but have a stellar work ethic. You might be able to relate to this, but this is for all of us old guys who are from a different generation in the workforce. Because over the last several months, actually over the last three years, I have watched a very slow drain take place inside all of my lead guys. And the ironic part with all of my lead guys is most of us are north of 45 in age. Because a lot of younger guys, actually, I see almost no younger guys in lead positions because they don't want them because it comes with You've got to you've got to think on your toes. You've got to make hard decisions. You've got to get into somebody's space, and you have to barge a little bit. And I guess that is uh, contrary to how people maybe under forty right now have been raised. But that is how the world largely moves along. Maybe not uh, when you're working remotely by yourself with a laptop, and it's just you, and you have very little interaction except over a Zoom call or some other kind of virtual communication through email, stuff like that. But in the real world, where people have to interact and time, materials, and labor gets moved around, which would be a large chunk of the world, a large chunk of the economy, um, I don't see younger guys in in management positions. I don't see them. Or they'll try it, but they last a couple of days and then they cave because they actually have to confront people. They have to not be afraid of confrontation. They have to deal with high conflict personalities and things that I guess we just haven't equipped people under 40. I have equipped uh, my children for that, but at, as teenagers, they know how to deal with these people. But in the, in the workforce, I am watching my leads. They have been on a very slow drain for the last three years. And in the past couple of months, I think only because interest rates have been ticking up And this is only for my particular industry. I can only speak to construction and I can only speak to it in the southeast part of the United States. So it may be applicable to other industries across different areas. And from talking to a lot of my suppliers, it it sounds very applicable, but maybe it's limited to construction only, but I kind of doubt it. A lot of my leads are actually north of 60. And the odd thing is they can outwork guys that are a third their age. They are willing to learn. They are willing to show up to face difficult situations to show up and say, look, yeah, my guys totally screwed that up. I'm going to make that right. No, I don't want you going under the bus because my position is basically to stay parked under the bus tires um, while I provide some wall of defense to all of my guys, which is a fairly large number of, of guys underneath me who come and go through my job site in any given month. I have been talking at length because the market is slowing down, so I've had a little bit more a little bit more time, not much, but a little bit um, in between things to where I'm seeing my leads more, largely because they can't count on their crews to actually do the job that they're shown to do, that they are paid to do, that they are expected to do, and even when being sent back to redo the job the way they're supposed to do it, and shown exactly how they're supposed to do it, not only by their lead, but also by me. Because the minute the lead leaves, they come to me and say, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I just look at them and I say, look, man, the guy who pays you just showed you what you're supposed to do. And here you are. He's barely left the neighborhood. You're coming to me because you didn't listen. 
And that's what this rant is about. And this is what I've discovered in talking with all of my leads. And, and that is that what we're finding in people under 40 is they're not listening. They do not actively listen, but their heads are in their devices. They're in their phones. We are in the zombie apocalypse, or we have really made huge progress toward becoming cyborgs. Um, I believe that's off of Star Trek. I think that was oh, the Borg. That's what it was. The Borg off of Star Trek. And this bird just showed up. It's a blue jay. Probably the same ones that pecked my peaches. So I'm going to go shut the kitchen window so that we don't have to listen to him. Okay, there we go. I just shut the windows. But back to some, I mean, some illustrations just from the past week and a half. I had to spend 10 hours in a house, literally standing in a house, watching the people who were supposed to have done what they did. I've, I've made a record push of closings to get people closed before uh, they lose their interest rates and stuff because I understand what it's like to be on the other side of that. So I have doubled down and really driven a ton of closings on houses, but I got them closed. They got their rates and they did not lose their, their ability to buy a home. So they are in a home, even though half of them want to gripe because I told them it would be a little messy to get them in that fast. And I would have to be in there after they closed to finish up a few things because it was just physically impossible with the labor pool the way it is. Plus the supply chain is still a mess to be able to finish them up and get them in. So some of them were okay with that deal. Everybody said they were okay with that deal up front. And then the minute they closed, they changed the deal and started sending nasty bombs to our office, which our office just disregards because they know exactly how many houses I'm slamming closed to help people who don't appreciate it because that's kind of what my job has become is busting my butt for people who don't appreciate it and feel entitled to stuff that is entirely unreasonable to expect. But the funny thing is I'm 53. A lot of my leads, some of them are in their mid-60s. They are still on the ladders. They are still checking jobs. So back to the house I spent 10 hours in. This was less than a week ago, uh, just a few days ago. I had to stand in the house to make the people that, that were in this house that did this house for me, they're all under 30. And they did a terrible job on the finish of this house. Absolutely terrible. It was one of the most embarrassing houses I've had out of the 800 houses I've done in eight years. It is one of the most embarrassing ones I've done. And I called everybody to task and told them if they wanted to work for me again ever, they'd all better be in that house in the next 30 to 45 minutes. And they all showed up and it was packed. And I just kept showing them over and over, this is what you need to do. You know, just go through here and get this stuff cleaned up. And a lot of it was stuff that I'd already a, a week or eight days earlier already told them exactly what needed to be done. They just didn't listen. And, and that is a common problem that I'm running into, and I'm hearing it from my lead guys. And this is like the zombie apocalypse part of it to me. is It's an inability to listen anymore. They, act, they don't actively listen. People don't. And so this is the crazy part. So I'm in a house 10 hours. I am the project manager over a large neighborhood. I have a bunch of other closings to be getting ready. And so I know that in that 10 hours, there's a whole lot of other people's stuff that's, that they're getting shafted now to try to get this one done that people didn't want to listen to me. And then they didn't want to stick around to do the, the job right. So I guarded the door. And I know this sounds crazy, but it's like dealing. I never did this with my own children. 
I had to stand at the door because people tried to leave, because I was holding them accountable to do a good job. And I told them this is some of the worst work I have seen in about a decade. And I would go show them exactly what to do, and they would do about two out of maybe 40 things. And then they would come to me and say, I'm all done. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. Let's go walk back through this house and look. Well, they'd only done a couple of things. And I would just look at them and I'm like, you know, short of doing this for you, I don't know what to tell you. Like I have shown you everything, not once, but about a half a dozen times now. I did this with painters, with drywall guys, uh, with electricians, with cleaning people. I've lost track. Uh, The only guy that held his end together on that whole deal was my flooring guy, who was absolutely superb. And I asked him once, and the next day, all of that stuff was done. He did not wait until the day of closing to show up and think he can just squeeze it out real quick and be done with it. I had to physically stand in the street. My cleaning people, they left three times. The the whole thing is so twisted and absurd that I'm not really sure how to process it yet. I actually had to stand in the street and block people's cars from leaving because they didn't want to do their job. And none of those people are coming back to my job site. None of them. They will all be without work. And it's a small world in the construction world. And I don't go trash them. But the gentlemen or the people that they work for, I guess they underestimate that these people work for a host of builders. So when they see the, the, the behavior demonstrated on my job site, and they know that I'm one of the easiest guys in the world to work for, people love to come to my job site. I don't raise my voice. I don't crack a whip. Nothing. I, I speak very gently. I do not get mad at people. And I coach them through it. And I have no problem teaching people how to do stuff. And I have no problem with people learning how to do stuff. And I'm very patient with them while they learn how to do it. Because I learned how to do stuff when I was very young. Unfortunately, most of the stuff that I learned by the time I was 14, I am now teaching to 30 and 35-year-olds who just seem incapable of actually grasping simple concepts. And so back to the listening part. So it took 10 hours to do in a house. Honestly, what I probably could have just sent everybody out of the house, I could have done it in two hours. Just left alone, I could have done it in two hours. But I wanted, to, I wanted to make a point. Plus, it was like a weird social experiment. I wanted to see just how dysfunctional people have become. And I was absolutely shocked. So was my boss that I stayed in that house for 10 hours. I did not leave. I told everybody I was willing to stay until the next morning if necessary. And I would keep them there because they were going to finish what I was going to pay them for. And they were going to do a good job, just like they've done on every other house for me. But for some reason... It was like the zombie apocalypse, like somebody sent some kind of a code through a phone and they all just shut down and they all just decided that they would do half-assed work and everybody would be fine with that. And when I called them on it, they just wanted to point the finger at each other. And now that made me mad because I'm tired of excuses. So when you screw something up, it is very grown up and mature to say, yeah, I screwed that up. It's disarming. And there's nothing wrong with that. People make mistakes. People do have bad days. And life happens to a lot of people. And I understand that with all of my people. And they know that about me. I finish up that house. It literally took me standing, blocking the front door with adults who are in their, in their all the way from their 20s into their 30s to keep them from leaving. And it was funny, the cleaning people, like, it was like I was teaching them how to clean. And these people I'd never seen before. And I told the 
the gentleman who owns the company, do not ever send any of these people back to my job site. I don't want to see any of them ever again in a professional capacity. Uh, Same with painters, drywallers, all that sort of stuff. There's a host of people who will no longer be working for me, which sucks because I have a waiting list for houses in a market that has died. So they're going to get a little hungry. But I'm hoping that in the long run, it pays dividends in their life and they decide to step up and realize that work is work and there's, there's no app for that. You have to physically do it. Uh, yesterday, I was standing with my lead siding guy. There's a young guy that's there doing punch work for him because, you know, I mean, my lead guy's in his mid-60s. And my personal policy is I don't want him on a ladder two stories up. I don't want him falling and getting hurt. He is exceedingly competent. He's very good at running crews. And I don't want to lose him because some 20-something doesn't feel like doing the work. My policy on my job site is he doesn't bring a ladder, he doesn't bring his tools, and he doesn't he doesn't put his income at risk to where he can no longer work and he goes bankrupt. So we are standing on the street with a guy that has been hired to do punch work on siding, and my lead guy points to the house literally directly across the street and says, go to this house, shows him pictures of the things that need to be tended to, points to the house. Says, I mean, it, it, he says, this color, the house is this color. It's not the same color, even remotely close to the houses around it. The kid says, okay. So he goes over there. So we go back in and we start looking around the building I was closing to make sure that he, his list of everything was complete. The kid comes back over, says he's all done. We're like, great, that's fine. Everything in me said we need to go check and make sure this kid did it. But we didn't, you know, I mean, he seemed like a pretty bright kid. He went to the wrong house. I have no idea what part of going across the street is confusing. Go directly across the street and work on that color house. And here's the pictures of the things that need to be tended to. But it is the listening. And that is what I hear from my leads. And what we do is we find people, we will instruct them, but we can't keep people's faces out of their phones. And it is really as if they are truly addicted to it. Like that is the hive mind. And it is already forming. It is already well-formed. And if you're under 40, you probably don't see it. You might, but you probably don't. Because you think it's normal to be part of a hive mind. You think it's weird to not be looking at your phone, to not be checking it every time it buzzes. I've noticed with a lot of my leads, they also, like me, they just leave their phone in their pickup because they want to be face-to-face with people and they want to make sure that the job is done well. While their people climb a ladder, and while people are trying to hand them material, they're too busy staring at their phone. And it's not like they've they've got a, a mother who's passing away or has been hospitalized. They're looking at YouTube videos. In the 20 seconds that they have between this material and the next material coming up the ladder, they have to get their phone out, check Snapchat, check TikTok, whatever it might be, and they act like a heroin junkie. And I am watching people's ability to uh, listen and remember directions, and then complete those directions. And it they cannot remember more than about three words that you say, and then they're gone. They just zone out. So I don't know entirely what that is. I do know electronic devices are at the heart of it. For those of you who are north of 40, I can tell you, men, you are not alone. We are all dealing with it. And I don't know how to fix it. And I am dealing with it in spades. I'm watching homeowners that are under 40. Well, when they don't feel like dealing with something, they just walk away. 
like I am trying to find a solution to something and I'm pretty good at finding resolution on, on things. I'm pretty quick with, with moving things along. So I will have people just walk away from them like, all right, so let me go up here and try this and see if this will work. I, I would say it's probably, a, I've got a, like a 75% chance of this working, but let me take a shot at it. You can look at it and you tell me if you think that this is acceptable. No, no, I'll just get it. I'll get it. And they'll say, I'll get it. And then they'll go away. They don't actually do it. They just go back and send nasty emails back to our office about how I didn't do it. And I want to just go grab them and shake them by the shoulders. But I realize that this is a culture-wide issue. It's not, this is generations of parenting. This is generations of brainwashing. It's not even brainwashing. It's like brain vacuuming. It's like people's brains are being vacuumed out of their heads. And I'm not even using hyperbole. It is, all of my lead guys are echoing this sentiment that it's like people have lost the ability to think, uh, let alone critically think, but just think, process, listen. The listening is gone. They, I, I say stuff, I will send, I can, I can tell somebody, this is what you need to do. And then a lot of times I'll text them right after they walk away with a list so that they have the list. So in case they're having a bad day or something, they can remember. They will get like one or two items off of a list of 10 items and they'll call me and say, I'm all done. Well, I've learned not to say, okay, I say, stay there. And I will go look at it and I'm like, okay, so I want you to open your phone. I want you to look at your list because I put the list together to help you, not because I have spare time. I did that as a courtesy to you to go above and beyond to help you to succeed in your young adult life, which I care about more than you do, but that's okay for right now. They will look at their list and they're like, well, I think I'm all done. And I'm like, what about item number two? Oh, that's not done. Well, what about item number four? Well, that's not done either. What about seven? Oh, that's not done either. I'm like, okay, so I need you to go through your list one item at a time and make sure that they're complete. And then they'll call me. I'm done. They'll come back or I'll go back over there and they will have done two more things. But there's still like six items on the list that they didn't do. And I'm like, okay, I want you, I I just do this over and over thinking that somehow it is going to make them realize how much they suck at their job. I don't know how else to put it nicely. I, I mean, I don't know how to put that nicely. They're not listening. They don't care. They're getting paid for it. I am paying them for it. And I expect something in return for the money I'm giving them, not just to watch TikTok videos. In fact, in fact, most of them, I just tell them, like, look, you can keep watching the TikTok videos. I'm just going to call you the company that employs you, and I'm going to tell them because I don't need you on my job site. You're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt somebody else. You're not even being productive. Like, you're consuming their money, my time, and you're wasting the time of my customers who are counting on me pulling this job off. I'm counting on you for this per- this particular set of tasks. You're not even putting in 1% of your potential effort to do it. You have zero sense of work ethic or accountability. And I am seeing this. I am in the last couple of months, I I think because I've had so many closings, I have seen it in its full beauty, in its full nightmarish beauty. And if we project this forward another six months or a year, I may wind up launching a solo house building company, grab all of my leads and say, we're going to do it ourselves. And we're going to build slow and we're going to build well. And we're just going to have to find a way to make it that way because we don't have enough people to rely on. We can get a lot of people. 
but we can't get a lot of people who can do stuff. I can literally stand in one spot, tell somebody, I need you to do this. I can show them they are standing there, they have their tools, and I can say, I need you to do this. And most of the time, it's a mundane, simple task that I could do myself in two minutes, but I want them to learn that when they do something, they need to do it right. If they don't do it right, they have to do it over. And they're like, okay, I got it. I'm like, are you sure you understand? Okay. So I will walk to another uh, another driveway or another uh, area of the house. I come back and they're, again, staring at their phone. I'm like, okay, so are you done? Because I need to move on to the next house. Uh, yeah, I think I'm done. And I'm like, you think you're done? Like, if you're done, you're done. I think I'm done. I don't know how that's an answer. That wasn't, that was a yes or no question not a subjective essay question. Just yes or no, are you done? If you're done, I want to check what you did. If you're not done, I'll come back in a couple of minutes because you've already consumed 10 minutes of time on a two-minute project. I imagine the impact of this on the, on the entire economy. If you take people staring at their phones, how much they do it, and if they're taking five, six, seven times as long to do a task, that means they're they're doing roughly 15% of what they could do during the day. And that's even moving at a casual pace. I'm not even being driven, not being crazy fast. But these people make snails look like they're hauling butt. There's just so many of them now. It is so much of the workforce that I, I can't even imagine the sense of scale this impacts the, the economy. I mean, the, the economic side of just keep it at the construction industry. It's a sizable portion of the U.S. economy. And I am running most of the crews that land on my, on my job site because there's like all of my leads, there's only one of them and there's hundreds of guys that they have to try to rope in. And it's, if you've never chased chickens, like if somebody leaves the gate to the coop open or the pen and they just run around everywhere, if you've never tried to chase and catch kitchen, chickens in an open space, that's what it reminds me of. I mean, it's so frustrating to try to catch them all because they just go everywhere. They're not that easy to catch. Some of them are, but most of them aren't. I don't have a solution for it. I've talked to most of my leads. They don't either. They are just at the end of their ropes and none of us know what to do. And it's, it's, what it's doing is it's, it's shifting so much of the burden of what needs to be done to a handful of people who are older, they're exhausted, and they're the ones that care. And so I'm doing a ton of my work myself. I'm not supposed to be doing any of it. I'm supposed to be running the houses to make sure that they all finish on time and making sure that people have what they need, that their obstacles in front of them are removed, that if they need something, I can put the wheels on it. It doesn't matter. If they needed somebody else, a different trade, I can put them in there in a minute. But I am winding up doing a lot of my own work because Either the guys that show up don't care, they can't put their phone down, or they don't know how. And they've just been thrown out there like they're supposed to figure it out. It is the most staggering thing to me at my age because I honestly, at the age of 13 or 14, I was equally or more competent than most of the 30-somethings that did pull onto my job site anymore. Um, I watched them rake trash. They'll just rake it right out of the floorboard of their car right on the sidewalk, and I'll be standing 20 feet away, I, that just pisses me off. Yeah, that is beyond disrespectful to everybody that has to deal with that trash. And I will tell them, you need to pick that up and take it to the dumpster that is 15 feet in front of your, your car. And they'll argue with me that it, they, that's not their trash. 
it just blows the mind to see where we are headed as a culture, as a Borg community, as a hive mind mentality, and absolute slaves to electronic devices. I know if you're north of 40, I am preaching to the choir more than likely. But if the, if the people under 40 do not start disengaging from, if you are under 40 and listening to this and you live with your face plastered in an electronic device, you are doing a disservice not only to your, your own character and yourself, you're doing it to the industry you work in, your ability to make an income, and the people who depend on you to do stuff. You need to put that device away. If you're addicted to it, you're addicted to it. It doesn't matter. Just because it's not blacklisted like a heroin addiction doesn't make it any less disruptive, not only to the economy, to your people, to those around you who count on you, to your family who's counting on you to to help feed them and make a house payment or put gas in the car or put your kids in school, whatever it might be, provide food for your children. All of that you're, I'm watching an entire culture being willing to abandon that for the sake of staring at nonsense that 30 seconds later they can't even remember having viewed it. And that's that disturbs me in my bones. I'm going to leave this one at that. That's the end of this rant and episode 90. I hope you have a good one and I'll catch you on the next one.